Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changers with Purpose, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, this is where the best run. We always say it and we always mean it. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from ScienceDirect.com. Listen up. Technology developed for chronic pain management has been fast evolving and offers new standalone prospects for the diagnosis and treatment of pain. Now, come on, everybody knows you've all had pain at some point in time. Wouldn't it be great if technology could help alleviate it? So what are we talking about today? Something very specific. We're talking to a part of the population that has had a limb amputated. We're talking about something called phantom limb pain. It's chronic. It's physically and mentally debilitating. Most amputees, amputation patients experience this. Of course, most of them are trying intensive physical therapy and all kinds of emotional therapy, but it's often not enough to prevent mental health issues, we're talking depression, we're talking lack of hope, and this of course becomes a barrier to their opportunity to recover. How are they going to get better? How are they going to get back to some kind of quote-unquote normalcy? So we're looking today at technology. Can technology help? Yes, it can. Technology is amazing today. There's so many good things, and technology can be used for good in this case. So let me tell you what we're, we're going to be talking about. A digitally connected armband using virtual reality has been developed by Accenture's Liquid Studios. It's helping amputees how? By measuring by analyzing and by detecting electrical signals in their muscles. There's more good news. This wearable device is cost-effective, and it's scalable for use in hospitals around the world. So there's an opportunity for it to do good for a lot of people all over the globe. We have two people involved in the development of this and we on our panel, and we have the person who is the sponsor of the series. So let me tell you who my experts are on the panel today. In a moment, I'll be introducing you to Roberto Frossard. If you want to look him up, F-R-O-S-S-A-R-D. He's the Innovation Managing Director at Accenture. We'll find out more about his role. Joining him is his colleague, Daniel Gonzalez at Accenture, who is an Innovation Principal in the Liquid Studios at Sao Paulo. I'll learn how to pronounce that one of these days. And rounding out the panel is my colleague and friend, Brad Borkin at SAP Global Marketing, who sponsors this series. And in case you're wondering about the intro, Game Changers with Purpose is a spinoff of Brad's main series, The Future of the Future with Game Changers Radio. So welcome to our three panelists. Let's get started with the opening quotes. Roberto Frassard has sent us a quote from Michael Jordan. I didn't know Michael Jordan had a middle name. It's Michael Jeffrey Jordan, young guy born in 1963, also known by his initials, MJ, because he's a rock star. American former professional basketball player who played 15 seasons in the NBA for the Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards. He currently is the principal owner and chairman of the NBA's Charlotte Hornets. He has been acclaimed as the greatest basketball player of all time. So here is the quote from Michael Jordan. 
I accept failure. Everyone fails at something. But I can't accept not trying. Roberto Frassard, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? Uh, I'm well, thank you. Talk to me about the quote, Roberto. I love the quote from Michael Jordan. It sounds like words for life, words for living that go beyond our topic today. So how, how did you pick it for our topic? Well, actually, for, for two reasons. Uh, one is because I'm, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, and obviously uh, Michael Jordan is, is, is like a role model for uh, people all over the world. But uh, but one of the things uh, I, I don't think you mentioned was that uh, uh, he, he tried uh, other other careers like baseball, for instance, right? So this has inspired me to also look for different roles. Uh, learning new things is is always associated to trying or experimenting for me, right? So uh, the the same the same way I was uh, a young soccer player. I live in Brazil. Right, ah. so there is this stereotype uh, where people play soccer from uh, since they are born, right? So, so they start kicking the, the, the bellies of their mothers and start learning how to, <laughs> to play soccer uh, from from that stage. But uh, my because because I uh, I have uh, played in, in different teams and different uh, positions and, and 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 visited a lot of different countries uh, since I was very young, I learned to. I was very curious about learning new things, new cultures. And when I started working with technology, I tried to, to do the same, to apply uh, this, this curiosity to learn new things and, and the new applications of technologies. And in this case, how can we apply technologies for, for good, for making people feel better, uh, to, to treat even uh, like the psychological side of it. Very interesting. I, I'm very intrigued. You said uh, kids kicking their mother's bellies. I, I like that a lot. That's a, that's a good picture phrase. Roberto, how did you come? Well, I, you know what? In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you what your role is, your specific role at Accenture and how you're involved in this particular project. But the idea of can't accept not trying, it, it's, as I said before, it seems to be something we want to instill in our children, isn't it, Roberto? Just keep looking for a way to try, to do better, to do more, to be your best self, as people like to say today. So this sounds like a quote you could say to your kids or to anybody who is saying, I can't do it, it's not working, and Michael Jordan certainly has. Is this is this how you see the quote in general in life? Absolutely. Uh, and I have two, two, two kids, actually. And because... I see myself like uh, when I was young that everything that we learned uh, when we were very young today is completely different. I see that, that, they, that one, one of the things uh, that I, I encourage them is one is, is asking questions all the time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not having the right answer, but really uh, asking about new things. And the other thing is never, never, never quitting. Uh, that's one of the things that... that uh, I, I try to 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 have uh, as their mindset, right? Because learning everything, they they won't be well, maybe the owners of the truth uh, uh, all the time. But having, being curious about the the world and, and trying, and everything they have passion for is definitely something uh, I try to encourage them. And this is. Uh, uh, I feel like uh, the, the work environment that we have created in, in, in our team 
as well. It's, it's like a family. So we treat ourselves like, like that and we encourage each other to, 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 to follow our, our passion and always try different things as well. Thank you very much, Roberto. I'll tell you, when I was growing up, the phrase that people used to use, it was kind of a, a game thing. I remember playing hopscotch and things like that. We, we didn't have technology when I was growing up. And uh, the, the phrase was, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. And I think that's probably a precursor to, to this kind of a statement from Michael Jordan. So thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have you on, and I'm looking forward to a lot more from you coming up during the show. And now let me turn just a little bit around the table to your colleague, Daniel Gonzalez at Accenture at Liquid Studios. And Daniel, am I pronouncing it right? Is it Sao Paulo or San Paulo? What's the correct pronunciation, please? Sao Paulo would be a better fit. Sao Paulo. Thank you very much. I'm always up for, for learning to pronounce letters that don't look familiar to me with those little symbols over them. Thank you very much. And Daniel has sent us a wonderful quote from Elon Musk. Elon Reeve Musk, FRS, another young fellow born in 1971, business magnet, investor, engineer, founder, CEO, and lead designer of SpaceX, co-founder, CEO, and product architect of Tesla, co-founder and CEO of Neuralink, co-founder of PayPal. Uh, in 2016, he was ranked 20 21st on Forbes' list of the most powerful people in the world, and this past August 2018, his net worth was a mere $20.2 billion, and he was listed as Forbes' 46th richest person in the world. He's been in the news recently. We won't talk about all of that, but certainly I'm guessing that Elon Musk has faced a lot of what Roberto's quote from Michael Jordan said, uh, it, I can't accept not trying. I think that's probably his printed somewhere on a t-shirt in his drawer. So here is the quote from Elon Musk along the same lines. When something is important enough, you do it even if the odds are not in your favor. Beautiful quote. Daniel Gonzalez, welcome officially. How are you today? I'm good. And you, Bonnie? Thank you for asking. I'm fine. I'm very happy to be speaking to you and Roberto. And in a moment, Brad Borkin. So tell me something about this quote. When it's important enough, and I think that's a framework for what our topic is today, talking about the use of technology for good in the world. So talk to me. How did you find this quote, Daniel? Exactly. So as a full-time innovator, then uh, I am working full-time with innovations, trying to actually create new things for um, a lot of subjects. That's something that I live in my day-by-day basis. So innovating, uh, it's never easy, and the odds are not always, uh, most of the time, is not in favor for the ones that are just thinking on innovation. And uh, you need to really, really be resilient and persistent when you really believe in the cause. And an example is that um, what we discussed today, the tax for good. So how to bring technology uh, broadly to the society to help those that really need that. So that demands persistency. Mm-hmm. That's why I actually have this phrase from, from, from Elon Musk as something really important to have always remember. And let me ask you something, Daniel. In addition to persistence, it takes a commitment, doesn't it? More than just saying, it's my job. It takes a commitment, especially when you're doing something outside of the box, something for good that will affect and help so many people. How do you feel about the commitment aspect of that? Absolutely. It's a purpose of life, I guess. Uh, yes. So it's a more than a full-time uh, commitment. If you do not leave that and believe that in your core, 
um, you are, would probably give up in the middle of the way. So it's an uphill battle every day to actually change the status quo, to actually change the way things are being done, even if it's to the best. So it's believing it to the core. You're right. Thank you very much. Very interesting uh, that Brad came up with the title for this miniseries in his miniseries, Game Changers with Purpose. And, you know, uh, something interesting, Daniel, when we were coming up, when I came up with the concept for Game Changers Radio back in 2011, one of the, the mantras we have is that the status quo isn't good enough. And the status quo seems to be a moving target because if you think about new technology and new purpose and new commitments like you and Roberto are doing at Liquid Studios, status quo could be what it is on Monday. And on Friday, you're saying that's not good enough. We can't rest there. We have to keep going. So a lot of forward momentum in these quotes. Thank you, Daniel, and welcome. And we'll be talking with you in a few minutes a little more about your role. And now I've been ignoring him. I'm so sorry, Brad Bork, and I know you're waiting patiently. Brad, it SAP Global Marketing and a sponsor of this series. And Brad has sent us a quote from somebody. I'm sorry, Brad, I never heard of him, so I looked him up. Thomas E. Freston, F-R-E-S-T-O-N. Another young guy, according to me, born in 1945, an American entertainment industry executive. In 2004, after Viacom president and COO Mel Karmazin stepped down, Tom Freston was named co-president and co-COO of Viacom, along with Leslie Moonves. And currently, he is the the principal in Firefly 3 LLC, a consulting and investment company. He's an advisor to Vice Media and the Moby Group, based in Dubai, and he's an advisor to the Rain Group, a boutique merchant bank. So it sounds like he went in and out of Viacom and landed on his feet. So here's the quote. Innovation is taking two things that already exists and putting them together in a new way. Brad Borkin, how are you? Very well, Bonnie. Thanks for asking. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for putting together this very interesting topic. And in case I haven't mentioned, the topic officially is Work That Matters, Technology, VR, that's virtual reality, and gamification, healing amputees, a very serious topic. So, Brad, talk to me about this quote from Tom Freston. What does it mean to you? Well, a lot of innovation that happens in the world is basically taking common everyday things from other industries and applying them to 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 certain problems or certain industries. And I think that's, that's very much of the work that Daniel and Roberto are, are pioneering with looking at uh, VR, virtual reality, looking at gamification, bringing things together and looking at how do you apply that to a, to a problem that exists. And, and so much of the reading I've been doing in healthcare, a lot of the healthcare breakthroughs are bringing things in from other industries and, and applying them. And it's, it's an exciting area. It's a very exciting area, and, and Brad, it was custom-made, perfectly made for this series on Game Changers with Purpose. Let me ask you something. Um, the idea of two things that already exist, putting it together in a new way. So let's apply this to this topic. So in my opening, I said that work that matters, technology, VR, and gamification. So technology is a broad term. VR virtual reality is, I think it's coming into its own very popular with the special headsets and the kids love it and they're advertising it on TV. Gamification is something that has entered the corporate world. I think in the last few years, Brad, correct me if I'm wrong, in terms of human resources, cap- human capital management, how people learn. So when we apply this to today's topic, the two things that e- exist would be the virtual reality and the gamification, using them in a way for this wearable armband to help amputees. How, how do you put that equation together? Help me out here. 
Well, it's exactly, it's exactly that. Uh, well, well, Daniel and, and Roberto can talk talk more specifically about their their research and and the work and and the outcomes. It's it's being able to take the, these various technologies and they're especially something like virtual reality. And virtual reality is being used in many different medical fields. It's being used for pain management. It's being used for all sorts of different ways to deal with uh, autism, for mental health, for various ways of looking at how how can you help people do things that they couldn't do normally, but the, the virtual reality gives them that ability, that inner ability to, to see things differently. And and the same same looking at gamification and looking at, I mean, even looking at other things, like, for example, I live in the UK where we have the NHS, and mm-hmm. the National Health Service is very stressed. I mean, there's something like a million people have interactions with the NHS on an Daily, on, on any given day, a million people will have had an interaction with the NHS. So they've got a tremendous amount of activity going on, and it's like, how do you treat patients and apply a CRM system to it? It's, it's looking at it from patients as opposed to, cons- to treating them like consumers, treating hospitals like businesses, and running them more efficiently the way you would run a factory or a, a manufacturing facility, and, and seeing how do you take things that you're learning using in other industries and applying mm-hmm. it. I think that there's a tremendous opportunity. We're seeing this a lot in the UK as they try to cope with the volume of, of activity going through the NHS. Thank you very much, Brad. And we'll talk about your book in a few minutes. I think uh, there may be an application here. Yes. So let's circle back around the table to our first panelist, Roberto Frasard. Roberto, three questions. I prepared you for these. So number one, where are you today in the world? Number two, what's your favorite drink that powers you to be committed and persistent and innovative, as I was talking about with Daniel, your colleague? And what is your role at Accenture, but specifically, what is your role in this wearable device? Roberto, talk to me, please. Sure. So I guess I, I, I mentioned that I'm, I'm Brazilian, right? So I'm currently in Sao Paulo as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, around different countries in Latin America, always uh, depending on the, 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 the week we're working in different places. But usually in Latin America, uh, sometimes in, in Europe, uh, next month in, in Asia. But today I'm, I'm in Sao Paulo. My favorite drink, uh, I would say, uh, in the morning, obviously coffee. But uh, I would say top, uh, uh, top of my list is, is sangria. Mm-hmm. Or probably emotional, uh, emotional <laughs> things. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no, I've, I've never, I've never heard a drink put together for emotional. I, I love what you said. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you, you had to make me. So you know what I'm going to ask you. Red sangria, white sangria, I know people like both. What's your favorite? Or do you have a favorite? So red sangria, uh, uh, with cit- the, more, the more citric it is, the better. Uh, especially on the, the, the warm weather. Uh, the, the first time I remember uh, a, a great sangria was actually in Spain. And uh, a curious story about that is that uh, Daniel and I we were uh, working at the time in, in, I don't know, it's Madrid or Barcelona, Barcelona, I think. And then uh, the, Spanish, the Spanish guys, they, they told us that that's, that's like, like a scene to, to, to have sangria, like uh, instead of drinking or, or savoring the, the wine, right, and mixing it up with uh, different, uh, like a soda and, and other fruits. Mm-hmm. Would be actually killing the spirit of the the wine, 
but because we wanted to to challenge all the time, right? Uh, <laughs> we we were able. That that was the first time we we, we said no. We're here to change the culture, and uh, was so refreshing. <laughs> I still can feel the, the taste of the, the, the sangria uh, to now. <laughs> was, uh, this, we, had this, we had to fight with the, the, the Spanish to, to actually drink sangria, so uh, I kept this as my favorite drink for because of that, because we had to, to really convince others to, that would, would be better to, to drink this way. <laughs> I love it. By the way, would you allow me to just read a quick recipe for sangria I found and tell me if you like this recipe? Is that okay? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah. here it says, what are the ingredients of sangria? I don't even, I just Googled it. Uh, in a large pitcher or bowl, mix together brandy, lemon juice, lemonade concentrate, orange juice, red wine, triple sec, and sugar. Float slices of lemon, orange, and lime, and maraschino cherries in the mixture. Refrigerator o- refrigerate overnight for a fizzy sangria. Add club soda just before serving. Is that a good recipe, Roberto? That's that's perfect. Actually, it, uh, it's maybe the, the only thing missing on the the recipe is, is the company. So you have to be surrounded by your friends. <laughs> at least three or, or four bottles of it, or three or four pinches. Yeah, <laughs> you are very, you are very charming. That was that was lovely. When the ingredients that's missing is your friends, I don't think we've ever had yeah. anybody say that before. That was wonderful. Now let's get back to seriousness. And thank you for that. Uh, you you definitely made me smile. And you warned me you were going to talk about something like that when we met on our prep call last week. Roberto Frassard, what do you do at Accenture, and what is liquid? Studios, tell me, please. Sure. So um, I have actually two different roles. Uh, more one is, is is probably more boring, which is I, I, I lead our uh, artificial intelligence practice. It's, it's exciting from one side of, on the technology, but it, it, it is related to 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 projects to to delivering uh, uh, like uh, solutions that are prepackaged. Right, and the other role that I have, uh, which fulfills me in, in terms of the personal level as well, mm-hmm. is, is the Liquid Studio. So it's like an innovation agency where we have uh, people, very diverse team, uh, people with backgrounds in marketing, people that are uh, like video game developers, uh, people that are uh, drone racers, uh, all type of uh, different technical and, and, and soft skills uh, together. Uh, and and we we try to, uh, to to put together all this mix of talent, right, and create new 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 solutions, right. And uh, we're working together in this team for four years now, almost five. And uh, we have been developing uh, at least uh, 150 so different solutions, like the one that, the, the one that we're uh, dis- uh, we're going to discuss uh, about. We call. Uh, Virtual bionics uh, internally, but it's it's, it's one of uh, another 150 others that we have been mixing together different components and, and different uh, business challenges and trying to to to, to really solve uh, uh, to, to make people's lives better. I love it. I love it. And making people lives, people's lives better goes along with what you just mentioned about the sangria. The missing ingredient is the good friends. And I think with what you're doing, you're, you're making the community, community is friends, and it's 
for good, and uh, I'm I'm very proud to know both of you. Thank you, Roberto. Great introduction here. Daniel, you're up next. Same three questions. Where are you today in the world? What's your favorite drink? You can't say sangria too. We've already done that. <laughs> and I have to stop. Have to stop laughing. I'm really just smiling, but it's coming out verbally. And what do you do at Liquid Studios, Daniel Gonzalez? Go ahead. So, yeah, today I'm in Sao Paulo, which is home, uh, my home office uh, in Brazil. And, uh, well, my favorite beverage besides uh, sangria is Nespresso coffee, mm-hmm. which also has a story related to Roberto. At the end, he was the one who addicted me um, in Nespresso coffee. So um, I remember when we had, when we just started to actually work, full-time in innovation, we had a really, really, really small office that would fit like the two of us at most. And uh, he actually brought from, from home his personal uh, Nespresso machine uh, so we could have coffee in our small office. And that's where I got really addicted on getting those strong espressos um, along the day. And uh, yeah, it brings me uh, great memories from right where we started to work with innovation. Um, my role is um, is in the Liquid Studios uh, Latin America. Uh, first of all, I'm uh, the guy who makes things happen, who really challenges the status quo, who works mm-hmm. with uh, strategy of innovation and actually help um, uh, transform uh problems from from my clients in uh, actually innovative solutions. My second whole role is a global role um, uh, to bring innovation uh, for um, uh, ERP clients um, around the world. So we research new technologies to actually uh, work with our clients in ERP and bring innovative uh, solutions with that. Daniel, you said you're the innovation guy. Did this come from something in your upbringing? This, I assume it has to do with curiosity, has to do with wanting to learn, as Brad mentioned in his quote, innovation, putting things together that already exist or that need to exist. Where do you get this innovative spirit? I'm interested. It gets, I guess, to a point on, on my career that I, I always work in traditional consulting business, which I always liked a lot. Uh, well, with traditional consulting approach, being on the client side and solving uh, these problems. And I, I guess, uh, besides my curiosity, well, I, I was always a, a curious person to actually uh, uh, trying to understand how things work. And mm-hmm. it came to a point in my career that uh, I decided that I really needed to do something different than the mainstream. I guess I just clicked one day... Um, um, many years ago, and said, you know what? Let's uh, well, what I know uh, as uh, a job is doing consulting. So I will do consulting different. I will reinvent consulting and actually uh, bring uh, a new insights and a new ways of working to what I already know as a job. So I guess that's where I all started. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I admire what you and Roberto are doing, and we're going to talk a lot more about how the technology specifically is used. But now, Brad Borkin, I know something about you. I know you're an author. I know you are touring the world, bringing the concept of extreme decision-making through the means of your book that you wrote with, that uh, you co-wrote. And why don't you tell us a little bit about, Brad, first of all, where are you today? Second of all, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world? And third of all, does extreme decision Decision-making apply to what we're talking about today. Brad Borkin, go ahead. So, yes, I'm in, I'm in sunny London today, and it's a beautiful sunny afternoon. And what I'm drinking is English breakfast tea. So How appropriate. <laughs> breakfast tea, both morning, noon, and night. And uh, the, uh, in terms of, of, of extreme decision-making, my book is, is called When Your Life Depends on It, Extreme Decision-Making Lessons from the Antarctic. And I go around the world doing book talks and, and relating the, the extreme decisions that the, the life and death decisions that the early Antarctic explorers made to modern day decision making and how we can make better decisions in terms of, of business decisions and personal decisions. And I think there is, there's definitely relevance to, to the sorts of things that the work that Daniel and, and Roberto are doing and, and that relates to healthcare as well is, is, it's about making decisions quickly. It's about not being afraid to fail. It's about being able to recover from the, from bad decisions and to keep persevering. And these things are not easy. The innovation that, that Roberto and, and Daniel are doing takes experimentation, takes you know, takes iterations. There you go, move forward, take two steps forward, one step back, and so on. And, and it's just persevering through, never giving up. And I think that's what it takes. That's what we're talking about today. Thank you, Brad, very much. What do you do at SAP? I know you as, uh, well, obviously the sponsor of this series. You're one of my one of my esteemed colleagues. We work closely together, and I know you, you deal with partnerships. you want to give us just a little bit more? Sure. I work in SAP Global Marketing and look after several strategic partnerships. And on the team that I'm on, we look after companies like Accenture and Capgemini and Deloitte and Dell and Lenovo and Hitachi and Apple and uh, just a whole variety of, of SAP's most strategic partners, of which Accenture is at the very top of that. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, I have news for you. Roberto, Daniel, and Brad, we are not going to take a break because we're having such a good conversation. I don't want to interrupt it, and the clock is ticking and moving very quickly. So what I'm going to do, Roberto, is uh, I'm not going to pick up one of your discussion statements yet. I want to talk about what this device actually does. I mentioned the, the topic today, of course, is work that matters, technology, VR, that's virtual reality, and gamification, healing amputees. Can we get into a little bit of what the device actually does, the components of it, and how it's used, how you decided to use VR, how you decided to use gamification. I'd, I'd like to give our listeners insights into what actually this solution is, and then we'll dive into some of our discussion statements about innovation and about persistence and about what makes the best type of a team for innovation efforts like yours. So, Roberto, can you tell us a little more about what, what the, the actual device does and how it, it's put together? Absolutely, absolutely, and um, maybe uh, telling how we we built the the device and, and yes. why those uh, components are, are there would be a better way to illustrate that. 
so uh, we, we were actually in a, in a hackathon, uh, a global yeah. hackathon between Accenture and, and SAP at the time. So we had five days uh, at that time uh, to, to, to create a device uh, or actually a solution, uh, leveraging different technologies at the time, uh, a wearable for a health solution, right? So it really started as a, a competition where we were really excited just to be part of, a, of this, this, this global uh, competition, this hackathon, right, uh, where uh, we, we had five people here in our team in, in Brazil um, where the first thing we did was actually interview doctors, right, so physicians that uh, physical therapists and, and understand uh, different uh, ways of um, or different uh, potential solutions or, or their, their problems, right, what, so, like questions, what is your biggest, uh, your biggest problem, your your biggest challenge today, right? Once we we, we got into a case where we, we actually were working with uh, actually this, like Johnny, uh, the name in Portuguese, João, uh, which was a teenager, uh, very very young, and recently he had his right arm uh, amputated, right? Mm-hmm. So he he was really feeling the, the phantom pain. Uh, he, he was not going through an uh, entire uh, uh, session of physical therapy, uh, and, and, and it was hard for him to adapt to this new uh, biomechanical uh, prosthetic arm, right? So uh, it was really hard for him, a traumatic time, and we wanted to help him, uh, this specific person, this teenager, to go through that. Right. So one of the things we, we, we did was uh, trying to, to talk to, to different technology companies, startups as well, understand which technology we, we could apply. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of those discussions failed, but that's the part of uh, interesting that, that we were, uh, we only had five days, so we would, would have to fail really fast in, in, in a conversation. We would say, okay, this we can use or not. And then uh, we were able to, to find a, a one... Um, it's called a myoelectric uh, armband. So basically, what it does is every time you, if you if you wear this in your wrist, for instance, or in your arm, every time you, you move your your arm or your hands, and uh, the, the there is an electric current that goes through your muscle, and it can be uh, detected by this this armband, right? And then it can it can feel basically uh, if, if electricity is going through you, right? So with that, we can we, we were uh, testing this uh, in, in any any person. We could actually calibrate this to make sure uh, how, how can I have a, like a simulate a, a, like a, a movement of uh, hands opening and closing or your your thumb going up or down. And so so by doing these exercises, we're able to to to, to understand. Okay, this is a good way to. To, to detect how uh, how the movements could be uh, traced, how can we match that? But still, the, the, the psychological part of the, the treatment wasn't, uh, let's say, addressed. So we came up with uh, a gamification uh, technique. So basically, uh, creating a, a, a really a, a VR, a virtual, virtual reality game uh, in a headset where uh, we would create a very simple scenario where uh, one of the one of the things that the patient had to, to go through was 
picking up a ball and putting it into a hole, right? Just by doing that, this exercise, he was actually uh, doing more uh, in one session than he would be doing uh, his, his progress in, in another 10 sessions in a traditional way. So he was uh, having a better performance, like 10 times better, by just playing a game than actually going to a, a typical or traditional uh, session, right? And once we, we figure out that this was possible, we were actually collecting data that we wouldn't, uh, we didn't know it was possible to, to to personalize a prosthetic arm based on that. So every time a person, uh, this patient would be playing, we would collect this data. And there is a, a project uh, we 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 are working in a, in a public hospital here in Brazil to create uh, 3D printed arms. Uh, based on, on very personalized, based on, on the, the gaming uh, that we are actually doing. So that's that was the the, the solution that we were able to, to do in five days. So after that, Daniel has a lot of details on, on how to choose, how we're planning to and how we evolved from that. But that was only the five days we, we had and, and the, the, the regional solution that we developed. I, Roberto, I have chills. I... I did not know the backstory. Brad, we're going to have to keep going with this story of how this all happened. We'll, we may have to do a part two about the, the, the backbone of innovation and diverse teams, but we really need to know more about this. So, Daniel, you're up. Talk, bring us more information about your experience at the hackathon, uh, your role in developing this, this uh, use of gamification and technology in VR for helping amputees with their phantom limb pain. Daniel, talk to me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the hackathon was great, right? We never thought that uh, one output from one hackathon that we were there actually, of course, for a greater purpose, but we were having um, fun overall. Uh, <laughs> on all the hackathon process or creating um, new things was exciting, but I mean, we were like very, very happy when it kind of turned out turned out something that is actually being used by an university hospital. So I guess the key for, uh, for bringing this innovation to society was our partnering with uh, University of Sao Paulo Medical uh, School um, University. So these guys on the university, they do have an innovation center there, an orthopedics innovation center where I guess Roberto briefly mentioned uh, they do print 3D uh, limbs, 3D mm-hmm. printed arms to perfectly uh, fit and to be uh, specifically made uh, for the patient in question. So when I picture that, these guys are funded by the government and the government um, uh, from a developing country. So they are not exactly uh, full of funding or in an abundance of resources. So I guess that's where uh, it flourished on their minds, actually how to do more with less. Uh, and it's something that I really believe also as a fundamental uh, aspect of innovation. So uh, this, partner, this partnership actually worked because they were already thinking on how can they provide uh, more uh, to more patients with less resources. And uh, that's where uh, actually this partnership uh, made sense where we took actually this game to actually show these guys 
and if it made sense to us to actually pilot that together and to help them to treat more patients in uh, less time and, of course, bringing a greater well-being for uh, each of these individuals. So picture that they are a center of excellence uh, in orthopedics, so they receive patients for all over the country that are candidates to actually receive a prosthetic limb. Um, in order to do that, they, do, they must go in a uh, long road of exercises. So the physician will actually uh, determine if he's a fit uh, for a uh, prosthetic limb or what kind of prosthetic limb um, this patient will be fit. And that's where uh, the virtual bionics uh, takes place to actually accelerate this effort in a really, really cheap way. So basically, um, where we are aiming is that we will put that game in an Android device, in a regular Android mobile mm-hmm. phone, um, with a very cheap VR glasses made of plastic or even of paper, like the, the, the Google Cardboard, which is a really, really cheap way of having virtual reality. Um, think that we will be able to ship that uh, cost-effectively to across the country, so patients does not need to actually travel across country to be treated uh, face-to-face um, in this center of excellence. So remotely, uh, the physician will be able to take care, the top-notch physician from the university uh, uh, will be able to take care of uh, this patient to bring a world-class treatment for someone that's like on Amazon uh place uh, five hours of flight away from this top-notch university. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the whole idea, to make that cheap and thus uh, everyone could use, everyone could have the benefit of uh, uh, the virtual reality, thus accelerating the physical therapy uh, process and making it accessible to everyone. Thank you very much. Just absolutely wonderful. Brad, comments from you, please? Yes, it's absolutely amazing what, what they're doing. And one of the interesting things as well is, is I was recently at the Victorian Albert Museum in London. And at the V&A Museum in London, they have a display, a whole thing set up talking about things that sound futuristic but are actually here today. And in this display, all sorts of different things, um, different technologies uh, that are all mind-bending with what they're doing. And one of the displays was about people who, about amputees. And, and this challenge, one of the things they were saying in this display was one of the challenges that amputees have is to be able to fit a prosthetic arm, you need to be able to constantly be able to use the muscles. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't yet have that prosthetic arm, you don't want to lose the abilities of the muscles to move fingers, for example, or move a wrist. And how they're creating devices that could stimulate those muscles and keep them operating even though you weren't really operating them. And this whole thing around helping people, amputees, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge whether it's in a war setting or just in various various uh, diseases can result in, in amputation or someone just born uh, missing a limb. And there's so many, so many times that this becomes valuable. And, and like uh, Daniel and Roberto are saying, it's not necessarily all happening in urban areas 
where there's where, where it's wealthy. It can happen on a remote farm somewhere, in some other part of the world, and and someone getting uh, arm trapped in a in a in a, a, a far piece of farming equipment, and um, and so so it's it's this incredibly valuable research and and with real real value to to the people involved. Thank you, Brad. And, and what I was thinking while you were all talking is that because of all the communications opportunities we have today, like this show and other places, uh, the promotions for the hackathon, I'm sure the word is able to get out. We're able to talk about these things and promote them and let people know there is help, right? And Daniel mentioned several times that some of the materials they used are cheap and they're common. And that means scalability, cost effectiveness, being able to be used by people all over the world. I think that's the key. It's not just an elite solution. We have just a few minutes left before we go to our predictions, but I'm going to pick one topic from Roberto from your list here that I thought was very interesting to me in terms of uh, building a team for innovation. I like what you said. Let me just read a line or two and have you comment on it, please. You say, diversity is key to transforming innovation into business value. A diverse team tends to be better at solving complex, non-standard challenges, not only because people with different backgrounds bring new information, but simply interacting with different individuals forces us to prepare better, to anticipate alternative viewpoints, and expect that reaching consensus will take effort. Talk to me a little bit about this. Your team, the people you had at the hackathon, was this a diverse team, and did you build the team that way? Roberto? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, at, at first, when we we came up with uh, like four years ago uh, with one uh, let's say game changer solution, uh, we were really afraid that we would not be able to keep the pace. Uh, I mean, keeping innovating and creating new stuff because both Daniel and I we were we have very similar backgrounds uh, technically and and the work that we did. And we wanted to have a different perspective, so so that's why we we, we brought uh, people like I mentioned, marketing, etc. But one of the recent uh, examples uh, that we we have in our team is uh, we have a uh, a visual impaired uh, person, a blind person actually, uh, in our team, uh, who's who give us a whole lot of uh, perspective on, on on how we are solving a business issue, right? So mm. uh, one of the things uh, we, we did, uh, we have this diversity week where we are working with, dif- with different, um, uh, uh, let's say, disabilities, right? And how can we uh, not just make their life better, but one of the challenges that uh, uh, I, I gave to this, this uh, consultant in my team is, is how can you make sure that the, the blind can have a better performance than the, the people that have no disability at all, right? So we're trying to work in, in, in business scenarios where uh, being blind would be uh, like, a, like a differential, like advantage for, 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 for the workforce. So, uh, so, so that's the challenge. We're working in different ways, and, and this is... Uh, this is something that if we, if we go back in time where the first time SMS text messages were invented, right, this was really for, for, for the deaf people, right, to communicate. But now uh, it became a, a way where uh, people are using most, most of the time t- uh, text messages or 
uh, well, uh, audio audio messages than actually using their phone for for calling each other, right? Hmm. So this is just one of the examples where we can use not just diversity but also disabilities to come up with uh, uh, innovations that could transform the the, the business uh, as it is. Thank you very much, Roberto. Brad, I think we're, we're talking about way more than just tech and VR and gamification. I think we're talking about team building. I think we're talking about, as, as Roberto said, the, the business value of diversity. I think we're talking about an innovation mindset that's so very important to, to companies all over the world, even if they're not involved in, in healthcare solutions like these two gentlemen are. So, Brad, I think you need to do a part two with Daniel and Roberto. I really do. Just saying, just saying off the side here. So you know what? We're at our predictions round now. And since Roberto just talked, I'm going to give you a rest for a minute, Roberto. I'll come back to you. Daniel, I'm going to ask you to start our predictions round. We call it the crystal ball. I'm going to give you 60 seconds to look into the crystal ball and, and predict, let's say between now and I don't even want to go out to 2025 because you and, and Roberto and your colleagues are working so quickly on such innovative solutions. It's happening almost in real time. I am HO in my humble opinion. So I don't think we need to go out seven or eight or 10 years. Let's say in the next three to five years, what do you see happening in terms of team building, in terms of hackathon value, in terms of more solutions to solve very serious healthcare problems from your point of view? So Daniel Gonzalez, I'm going to give you 60 seconds. It's time for predictions. Please go. Sure. I think that actually open will win. So the, uh, we're going open source, and what's not open will tend to die. So take an example of this solution. Uh, the intention here is to actually make it free for everyone, so everyone can actually use that and build upon that. So it's not something for proprietary. Uh, it doesn't need, and it's not valid only for this. I guess it's valid for pretty much everything on innovation. So it's not like a software that you need a license. It's something that is out there, everyone can use, and everyone can actually build upon that. And that will bring exponentiality of innovation. Um, in terms of technology, I think we are going to even uh, lowest cost sensors uh, with the use of graphene, for example, that will enable us to actually build things that is going to be one-tenth uh, or one small fraction of the price, even if it's cheap today. It's going to be a fraction of the price, and we'll be able to patients to actually wear in legs and uh, whatever part of the body needs to actually be exercised or where physicians need data to actually make things faster. So one of my thoughts is this. I guess uh, really my final message is open we will always win. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Let's go back to Roberto Frassard. Your turn, 60 seconds. Go ahead, Roberto. Sure. So uh, on top of what Daniel said, uh, I believe um, the convergence of technologies uh, supporting uh, medicine and, and healthcare would be very, uh, very common in, in the next day, uh, years especially because we're seeing this collaboration uh, in, in how the big uh, hospitals, hospitals, clinics, and et cetera, and, and doctors are now studying uh, technology as well. Uh, and neuroscience is, is another area where, where we see a lot of uh, advancements where uh, people are uh, 
creating creating more and more uh, solutions uh, on top of of that and i would say remote uh, assistance like telemedicine right this is an area where from like uh, uh, talking to patients or or actually uh, doing surgeries uh, remotely would be beneficial and and, and uh, in, in this um, this view of exponentiality right how can we one uh, expert uh, on, on I don't know cancer or a heart transplant can use robots to remotely do um, like many surgeries around the world without having to travel. That would be my my feedback. Thank you very much, Roberto Frasard, Brad Bork, and I saved. Oh, Brad, you could have a whole ninety seconds because they were so concise. Brad, what do you predict for? What do you predict for this general topic of people getting together? for good, using technology, as you said in your opening quote, innovation, taking things that exist and putting them together for new purposes. 90 seconds, Brad, go. Well, over the next, say, two to three or four years, and we certainly are experiencing uh, an aging population, a growing population, a more mobile population, and we're also experiencing this growth of technology, and you've got now this, this whole development of this area called, inter- we've got the Internet of Things, but now you're developing the thing, something called the Internet of Health Things, mm. the health-related IoT. We're starting to have 3D-printed drugs, and that means you can start having specific doses. So if the doctor's prescribing you a dose of a certain drug, it doesn't have to be the one that the, that the pharmacy stocks. It can be one specifically printed for you, a lower dose, a unique dose for your specific condition. It, they're um, wearable devices. The Apple 4 Watch just came out, and, and all the capabilities that that has, this is only just starting to scratch the surface of what's possible with wearable devices. And then you combine all of that with something that you had said, Bonnie, about communication mm-hmm. and the idea that something can be developed in Brazil, like Roberto and Daniel are doing, and all of a sudden it can be available worldwide. Everyone around the world can... can get a sense of what that breakthrough is. And you combine all these things together. And all, we're just at the, at the cusp of, of, of solving what is the big healthcare problem, which is there are not enough doctors in the right locations. And all of a sudden, through communication, through technology, we people get it. can start uh, yep. just, just solving, solving these issues more locally. You don't necessarily have to be a trained doctor to get a doctor's opinion on something, for example. Brad, we're all in this machine. big connected village. And on that note, I have to thank you for bringing such a wonderful panel to us, Roberto Frasard and Daniel Gonzalez, two very brilliant and committed people. I, I tip my hat to both of you for your work at Accenture Liquid Studios, Accenture Technology Tech for Good, and Brad Borkin at SAP. Thank you for such a wonderful episode. I'm Bonnie D. Graham doing a shout out to Aaron, our engineer extraordinaire at the Business Channel team. It's time for us to get off the air, so let me do my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? If you're not motivated now, I don't know what will motivate you. Go out and be a game changer today, just like Roberto Frassard, just like Daniel Gonzalez, both at Accenture Liquid Studios. And of course, just like Brad Borkin at SAP, I'll be back in one hour at 12 noon Eastern right here on the Business Channel with Financial Excellence with Game Changers talking about, oh my goodness, making finance into a more strategic partner to the business through change management and communication. Well, what do you know? Have a great day. Bye-bye.
Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changers with Purpose, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.